Welcome to Free Advice, motherfuckers. I'm Rob Zaleski. And I'm Morgan Beard. All right, Morgan. Welcome uh, to Monday. Oh, are we going to tell them? That it's morning or not? I'm not, for not wearing my watch. I mean, watch. they're not listening to it on Monday. Right, right, right. Guys, it's Wednesday. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> Wednesdays are so wacky, right? <laughs> they could be listening to it anyway. Not like Monday. Oh, that's let's, true. Let's, yeah, make, yeah. let's make something classic, something timeless. Like what? Um... Not like, mention the day of the week. Like no episode of Saturday Night Live over the last 10 years. <laughs> Why that came to mind. You know, something non-topical. Something that our, our kids will want to listen to. And be like, oh, wow, this still rings as true today as it did back then. Guys, be yourself. How about mm. that? I think that'll, I think people will be saying that for years to come. To be yourself. Yeah. I've always been annoyed by that advice. Oh, I mean, it's trite and cliche, but- that's how you get something timeless, I think. I, it, it's always implied to me that there's a single self. And uh, sure. the problem for me is usually like, which version of myself am I meant to be in this situation? Because we mm. all have different selves. We have our sleeping self. We have the type of self, the way we behave in a hot tub is different <laughs> from the way we behave when we're taking a test, you know, or a yeah. job interview, yeah. uh, meeting somebody's parents. You better hope you're taking a dump self is different than meeting your parents' self. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to have some separation there, if possible. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. You, well, you could be the self that's doubting which self you want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think that there is definitely an overly uh, an over uh, simplification of what does it mean to be yourself. Yeah. Um, it's like tell me which which situation this is analogous to, and then I'll know how to be myself in it because you'll if have I know, a reference book. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm, yeah, yeah. If I'm being my swimming self. <laughs> Moving those arms. I'm kicking right, those legs. Exactly. I'm doing something different with the breathing than I would normally yes. be doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm prepared to feel wet all over, which is mm -hmm. like, again, not something you're always thinking is going to be the case. No, no. That's why it's rude to wake somebody up by splashing them with water. Absolutely. Because they are thinking, I'm in my bed. I should be dry. There's a problem mm -hmm. if I'm not. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So which self do you feel like has shown up today to record this podcast? Ooh, um, I think my confused self, oh. my little, like, I know I'm hiding something from myself. Okay, Ooh. I'm going to get right into get a, right a, into a question, Fuck yeah. call for advice Fuck for yeah. you. I want your help. Absolutely. I've had a twitch <laughs> in my forehead. I'm pointing yeah, to yeah. it. He's, he's moving his forehead skin up and down to recreate the you twitch. You know how when you squint yeah, yeah, yeah. at something that yeah. you're concerned about or you're critical yeah. of? Yeah. It's like doing the opposite of that. It's like yanking yeah. my shit up. I've had that before. And I so I saw this YouTube video on the School of Life that anytime you have a twitch, something that is an involuntary, it just happened, an yeah. involuntary movement <laughs> yeah. in your body, it's uh -huh. because you have something that you're suppressing from yourself is like uh, coming to the surface and making you uh, do this behavior. One, is that true? Or is that some hippy dippy bullshit? <laughs> Two, if it's true, what am I hiding from myself? <laughs> okay. And how do you access that shit? Fantastic. Okay. I will take both of those parts. Cool. Um, One, I think, is that true? Is that true? How would you test something like that? I don't know, truthfully, yeah. how you, how you would test it or if it's true. Um, <laughs> does it sound, does it feel true to you then? What's um, its truth? Honestly, like? as someone who is deeply entrenched in a pile of hippy dippy shit that I have 
created and assembled yeah. myself. I love shit like that. You're just that. into all of it. There's no um, no more critical Well, gaze no, <laughs> no, no, no. What I was going to say is even yeah. as someone who that's true for, I am, you know, try to meet things with a, a degree of skepticism. And in this case, I would say, yeah, I don't know that that's... When you said that, I was kind of like, yeah, okay. Like internally kind of eye rolling, like, sure. Um, but again, as someone who very much like operates on that realm... I think that even if I feel like, okay, it's not something that can be scientifically proven at this stage, um, there's potentially some validity to call from. It's like, okay, I'm acknowledging that maybe it's not true, but if it were, I wonder what it would mean. And then sometimes that can lead someone to an interesting self-discovery or something valuable. And so in that in that- This is like the argument for horoscopes, even though we all agree that horoscopes are bullshit. Sure. I don't know. I don't, I don't know to so what long? extent what? we all agree, like all like you and I both agree. Every thinking person know. on the earth, I think. Um, I don't think that every thinking person does think that because I think a lot of people really do can are able to connect some kind of system of proof with astrology and, you know, and astronomy, um, like where different planets are and, and what that affects and uh you know, the moon in relation to this or that or the other. And again, like to me, I've decided that whether or not I believe it, it's like less important. It's, it's more important. Like, is there meaning to be accessed from this? Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes we get lost in the discussion of, is it true or is it not? And then don't look for, okay, how could this be valuable if I allow myself to suspend disbelief temporarily. So that's the my answer to the first part of the question. Okay. The second part of the question uh so again, suspending disbelief, the the part that you're mentioning, the this this twitching between your eyes or sort of just above your eyebrows. Yeah, that space is your third, third eye. eye. That's what I was going to say. So, mm. yes, it's your third eye. <laughs> okay. And so What's that all in about? the chakra system, which is Is that some real shit too? The I fucking love the chakras. Okay. Tell me about um, them. Again, because I love the symbolism and I just to me it is a helpful framework for describing and connecting a lot of different things. Okay. Um and so basically chakra means um like a wheel. Um and so they're basically these primarily seven wheels of energy that uh, extend from like uh, your tailbone all the way to the crown of your head. Um, And they each represent a different color and a different uh, sort of bodily system set of uh, functions, mentally, emotionally, physically, and can be overly open or overly closed or in balance. Um, And so when things are kind of in harmony, balanced, you have the right amount of you know, energy coming in and out with them and you're not, you're not closed off to a certain thing. So each one, like I said, kind of governs something different. And so if we're going to focus on your third eye, cause that's where that twitching is happening. Your third eye, um, is sort of your inner knowing your, uh, ability to like observe and integrate knowledge. Um, you know, it's, it's intuitively, it, it represents your intuition. Um, and you're what you're observing and you know it's it's right in front of your brain it's kind of like your the, if you think about where it is in space it's above your eyes so it's sort of like just one layer almost above what you're observing and then the ways that you're connecting it kind of using your brain and and deriving knowledge from it and using your inner guidance it's also directly above my nose so why is sure. it maybe my second nose 
It could be because in a way you're like you sniff things out and you mm. collect, you know, you Damn, sense you things. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to stump you with that. Your whole thing was going to fall apart. But and you then really the, had yeah, a great response. I would have just been stumped for the next hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought we were going to yeah. be able to do a short one today. Just call it quits. No advice. <laughs> Damn, second nose. He really killed it. Mic drop. <laughs> right. And it's also between your ears. So same thing. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's, I would imagine it almost like a portal kind of to between, you know, the external world and the internal wor- world and the way that you're framing that information um, and bringing it in. And someone who knows more about this stuff, I'm sure could and would challenge my exact perception of like, what is the third eye and what is it connected to? Um, but I think what, what I love about the chakra system is it works on such an intuitive level to me Mm -hmm. that I can just talk out of my ass and it's correct because it's, uh, my third, you know, my own third eye is connecting to your third eye right now because we're both connecting on this intuitive level and trying to observe and understand and interpret information, quote unquote. Um, and so if you're, what, how would you describe the twitching like what to you does twitching indicate it's uh like the muscles are are pulling up on my face Mm. it's like the opposite of that squint furrowed brow Uh it's like everything gets yanked up involuntarily and it often Mm. it's like one to three jolts um within a couple seconds of each other I'm like, so, oh, that's weird. I wonder if that uh, if the person I'm talking to can see that happening on my face. But so symbolically, yeah. what does the word twitch mean? Like what what kind of feeling is it twitching? It makes me think about Twitch gaming, that uh, streaming site where you can watch people play video games. Okay. Um, twitch uh, reminds me of like someone pulling a trigger, hmm. um, being jittery, being very fast, hmm. being like a, a quick reactor. Hmm. I'm yeah. thinking of fast twitch and slow twitch muscle hmm. and like yeah. sprinters versus distance runners. Uh-huh. Those are my associations with the word twitch. Yeah. Okay. I'm also thinking about, like you, like you said, it feels like you're, you're inadvertently being like yanked up and yanked. sort of. Yeah. Yanked's a good word. It's like Great you're, word, yeah. It's like you're, the position of that place is like somehow not where it's meant to be and it's just inadvertently moving mm-hmm. um or there's sort of like an in someone who's twitching has sort of like an insecurity of that position and it kind of it, in the third eye space to me it kind of connects to what you said in the beginning you're showing up as your confused self mm-hmm. so if that area is twitching potentially it's a it's a i don't know where i'm supposed to be uh in terms of what i know and connecting with your own intuition and, and, and your own like deep inner sense of knowing um, that perhaps it's feels a little off and is trying to correct, but doesn't really know kind of how, cause it's twitching is like involuntary. Yeah. Right. So that's the connection yeah. I would make. Okay. Um, who knows? How, does that resonate at all with you? It does. Yeah. Thank you. You're fucking welcome. That's how the shit works. Like sometimes you just, you go, let's play with this idea. And then it comes full circle and you're like, oh yeah, that actually, (laughs) actually that kind of gets at it a little in a way. Well, to me, it's kind of reflexive. It's like, I'm confused about why it's doing that. Mm. And Mm. then the reason that it's doing that is that I'm confused about why it's doing that. (laughs) Like, well, then where did it come from in the first place? (laughs) Maybe I'm confused by something else that I don't know what it is. Right. 
Right. Uh, you said but it was... I always feel that way. That's a pretty yeah. like constant part of my life is questioning. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know that there's an extra layer right now. I would wager that there is. <laughs> so I'm I'm part of this group, Every Man. I've talked about it on here before, but for mm-hmm. new listeners, it's a men's emotional support group basically you talk about your feelings and a part of it is every week you set a goal a stretch of what you're going to do for the next week so this week my stretch was to um do a loving kindness meditation every morning a meta meditation yeah um because i'm trying to write more and i've found that me being critical and thinking that things are bad slows me down in the process of writing so I'm like just yeah. trying to be more accepting of, of all people and of myself and like wish good things for them as a way of getting less critical and just producing more creatively. So yes. I'm wondering if um, yes. it's like the opposite. If there is a connection between these things, a theory that might explain this is that uh, I naturally want to squint at things yeah. that I'm like, ah, it's not a good idea. And this is like my face trying to shake it off my, of my, trying to shake yeah, it out of exactly you. like stopping yeah. that behavior of making that face where i'm looking at things with a critical eye yes and if yes your third eye is is not maybe like loose or like open enough mm-hmm. it's it's too tight it's too critical it's it's not allowing your creativity to just come out effortlessly um yeah that's really fascinating i think that that fuck why not why isn't it that you know like Sounds okay. good. Who knows? Cool. I mean, I when I could I, test it by if I stop these meditations, does the does it keep happening? Well, I think that I think the real practice would be when you're doing the writing, if you actually let go of the self-criticism and, and you you adopt a more relaxed facial posture and then therefore, like you said, reflexively adopt a more relaxed response to your own writing, mm-hmm. maybe then it will stop okay who knows we'll see that's my goal for tonight i'll report back to you yeah see if you're uh you can allow your third eye to relax a little bit so that you can tap in at at a lower place like in terms of your chakras if you can be more uh your, your sort of deeper creativity comes uh lower in your body um, than that sort of thinking, yeah, that thinking squished eyebrow kind of face where you're like trying to force it out and you're like, and it's very pressured. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're always kind of looking for, uh, is there a flaw? Is there this? Is there that? And you're you're filtering everything through that internal editor, internal critic. And maybe maybe that's creating a block in terms of what you're actually, when you're actually wanting to get a greater output. Yes. Which I think is something that you're experiencing. Yes. Um, it's tricky. I, I, I do think it's important for people to be more critical than they are, like for there to be less suckers in the world and for <laughs> people to not buy up so much yeah, bullshit. And, yeah. um, it, it, but I think having a developed critical thinking capacity, uh, is not always taught along with how to turn it off and when it's inappropriate. Right. You know, if, if you learn, or if you're just naturally inclined to be critical, then it, can cause a lot of problems if you're applying that in situations where you don't want to be as well, such as moments when you're trying to uh, generate lots of ideas, you can just have nothing. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Can you think of a, uh, a curriculum for, we try to teach kids critical thinking in schools, um, evaluate the strengths of an argument and yeah. its weaknesses or things like that. 
Yeah. But um, can you think of a curriculum that also teaches them how to stop being critical and, and when is appropriate to do that? This is some next level shit, but it's what I'm trying to always imagine like, yeah. what's the perfect child? What, what childhood do I wish I had gotten? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that for you, you uh, have shared with me that, that you've felt a lack of some of that like rigidity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have the opposite experience of, of having been uh, overly rigid um, in the way that I was raised. And so I wonder to what extent you feel skewed towards trying to be quite critical in your life to, in a way of sort of compensating for what you saw as like a lack. Um, but yeah, the, the ability to kind of compartmentalize like, okay, when do I want to be like in a more kind of content generation, more playful, more creative, more uninhibited zone? And then when do I want to put that that critical thinking cap, so to speak, back on and and have an editing eye and and you know, think rationally and and really uh, be detail oriented and kind of, like you said, evaluating the merit of this or that creative idea, and the the ability to switch between those is really difficult mm-hmm. because they happen in such different uh, like places in your brain and different like emotional spaces. So it really you do really have to actively switch gears, like. Uh, when you're in a car, like you have to have a brake on in order to switch gears. You can't just go right from like drive to park. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something to borrow from potentially if there was this hypothetical curriculum of like, okay, what gives us enough of a pause or a stop? And like, how do we appropriately wind down the mode that we're trying to say, okay, now we're going to shift. So we're putting the brakes on slowly, not slamming them on and, mm-hmm. and making it a real jarring transition, um, but sort of winding your brain down, coming to a complete stop, uh, having something that sort of resets you, and then again doing that same thing where you kind of warm up to, okay, now we're uh, you know, entering in this different mental space. Um, and so I think that, I'm yeah, thinking. having time and patience for that and and tools and just practicing making those transitions. So you could get like a Snuggie and wear that when you're in the phase of uh, wanting to generate ideas. Yeah. And then yeah. put on like a suit for when you want to edit. Totally. Totally. That's like, a thought. Cha- yeah. Changing your environment or changing like, okay, when I put this certain costume on, mm-hmm. like I'm in this mode or that mode, anything that can support your brain to take environmental cues and go, okay like automatically strap in to like, this is what we're doing now. Uh, if you've got those, those Philips hue bulbs that change colors. <laughs> no, this is yeah. Good. No, this is so, great. Uh, you could start with a really warm color temperature. Yeah. The, the kind of like ideal bedroom lighting. Sure. When you're in the creative yeah. phase. And then when you want to be in the refining, the editing phase, mm-hmm. you switch to a cool color temperature, like in the kitchen, which is that temperature because you want to be able to see like, what is the color of this meat? If the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it's the same as the restaurant's dining room, yeah, uh, lighting everything looks kind of brown. You couldn't tell like whether something is red or greenish, and um, yeah. So in bathrooms and kitchens, you often get that cold like operating room looking lighting. Yeah, that could be a signal for your brain, like okay, it's time to be critical again. Totally to- supporting that transition and change by yeah changing certain signals, mm-hmm. signaling to your brain. I think that's fucking fantastic. A snuggie and warm lighting. Yeah. 
and maybe even throw in some aromas. Get oh, start bring or, scent in for mm-hmm. sure. Start scent is a powerful your nose. scent. Yeah, and so what's sounds, a scent, music. What's a scent for you that would like help you be in the accepting phase, just generating stuff and not criticizing it? Maybe lavender or like lemongrass. Lavender. Lavender is kind of like soothing, but still like very fragrant. Fragrant. Some people will it rela- use it to yeah. sleep. Right, because it has that like relaxing effect. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, or maybe lemongrass. I said because that's like that's sort of an invigorating. Yeah. One, it's kind of like peppier, I think, um, and fresh. Um, fresh. And then maybe if I'm trying to be like uh, more refined, like yeah. maybe a peppermint. Peppermint for when, a eucalyptus. You're, when you're criticizing stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. What I'm about just dabbing it? Ones I know. What about sh- shit? What about just a, shit smell? Like bring a little piece of poop and. What would that be? What would that help me get in the, the mood for? Wouldn't that help for? you be more critical and like discerning? <laughs> think about it well it would it would make your face convert to that like exactly to that like ugh, which, kind of tightened which experiments have shown i'm sure that <laughs> that makes you more critical right like holding a pencil in your teeth makes you angry or whatever if you if you're forced to make a face you start feeling that way it's right, the Schachter right. two-factor theory of emotion i think which is like that your body just does something and then you look at the situation and you're uh-huh. like okay this will explain the emotion like my heart rate's right, elevated right. and there's someone sexy in front of me, so I must be turned on. Or my heart <laughs> right. is elevated, and oh, I'm on a tall bridge, so it must be that I'm scared. And you don't really, there's no physical difference. You're just looking at the context to explain whatever uh, physical change you've observed in your body. Right. And then you create that association. And then anytime you end up kind of feeling one part of that equation, mm-hmm. you can potentially overly assume that it's connected to that other part. Like for me, I have. Like I have a lot of stomach discomfort and sort yeah. of nausea, um, and I can I equate that with anxiety, um, and but but not every time. Like sometimes I'll notice that my stomach is hurting and go, oh, am I anxious? Or sometimes I'll feel anxious and then my stomach will start to hurt. Yeah. And so that's not a particularly useful association that I have because then it brings me into that space much more than I want to be. Um, And so recognizing, like, doing, like, an authentic, connected kind of appraisal of, like, oh, okay, my stomach is hurting. Is that really anxiety or is that something else? Like, what else is going on? Um, And not allowing your brain to, like, go right into that mode, kind of. Mm -hmm. That can be a really powerful practice in terms of regaining a little bit more control over what mode am I automatically switching into emotionally, um, you like, know, that's just another thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's semi-related, just an adjacent thing. topic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we're we are so much more programmable than we often think that we are. Yeah. Like when you study, um, like learning and conditioning, neurolinguistic programming. Sure. Like anchoring a certain response in people to a movement that you do with like raising your mm. hand or something, and then if you do that every time you tell a joke, and then. There's no joke and you raise your hand. People like are primed to laugh anyway and they're not sure why. You know how uh, advertisers use this on us all the time? Yeah. Interesting. In the in the deeper uh, seduction pickup community, there's uh-huh. a lot of this stuff. Oh, like yeah? Can you give an example? To, um, imprint like a, I think giving someone a small gift like a sugar packet or something <gasps> while they're feeling something happy, while they're like interrupting a story where they're telling a something that makes them smile. And then seeing that gift uh, will like make them associate that feeling with you. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I, it's been a long time since I read this stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm you interested mean you're not in all, actively uh, doing that anymore to pick up girls? No. Fascinating. Um, I wouldn't say that I was. I, I'm just interested in persuasion, hypnotism, mm. uh, all kinds of like mental tricks in general. Yeah. And so one area that I've studied in that is like, what are these people? What are these strategies? What are they yeah. using? Yeah. I'm a little embarrassed about it. I hope, <laughs> I hope no one listens to this. <laughs> um, well, then you shouldn't have said it, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. Um, we could cut it out, but no, we're not going to. I'm not that embarrassed. <laughs> oh, good. Good. There's other um, shit that's worse that I won't say that I'm really embarrassed by, but okay. don't worry. I won't make it into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys will just have to just imagine what that is. Oh, yeah. Some of it I don't even know. I couldn't. Sure. Even, I'm hiding it from myself. I just saw a hummingbird take a shit. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Right out that window? It, it like h- held still for a second. Yeah. Dropped out a little. I see them <gasps> all the time and I've never seen one poop. No. It's well, like, and we, when we see certain, like when we see pigeons, yeah. we always think like, oh my God, they're uh, about to shit on us. Pigeon. As if they're just like shitting all the time. Yeah. But whereas hummingbirds is like, oh, they're so cute. And they just, you know, daintily flit around and do this. And we never get to see the the darker side of the hummingbird. Yeah. I just did. That's amazing. Oh, cool. Wow. What is the bigger metaphor of you right now seeing a hummingbird shit while we're talking about you hiding your hmm. your dirty little embarrassing uh, secrets? Mm. Fascinating. Maybe I am like the hummingbird and want to be just a nice little gift that pops into people's <laughs> lives. Oh, what a treasure to have Rob outside the window for a moment. Oh. And I don't want them to know that really when I wake up in the morning... Stuff comes out of my butt that would not smell good if it was near your face. <laughs> that tiny little butthole just opens up just for a second and a little poop comes out. And in order to smell it, I bet you'd have to put it like on your finger and like almost all the way up your nose. Because like how, how else would you smell it? It'd be so tiny. All right, my forehead's going crazy right now. Really? Twitching, yeah. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God. What are you hiding? What's your little hummingbird know. shit that you're hiding from I us? I don't know. All right. I'm going to go home tonight, shit in my hand, smell it, eat it a little bit. <laughs> That'll be the way that we know. I'll, that's how you confront yeah. your deep, dark shit. I feel like we have we have had this metaphor come up over and over again We're about smelling shit yeah, it's too and like much. buttholes. This and is a gross secret. podcast. Yeah. People put this on during their family dinners to avoid talking to each other and they have to listen to eating shit talk. Come on, guys. <laughs> We're losing listeners, Morgan. Yeah, you can't pioneer without controversy. <laughs> this is number one, a family podcast, and specifically <laughs> the podcast that you're supposed to play at dinner in lieu of conversation. That's what we've been saying since yeah. the beginning. It's just our voices and yeah. little tinkling of forks mm-hmm. politely and just slipping water it's, and just it's, <clears throat> clearing. Just like awkward. Up, yeah, that, that younger sibling who hasn't mastered the chewing with their mouth closed yet, and you're trying to cover up his na- mouth sounds. <laughs> so you play free advice. <laughs> With Morgan Beard. <laughs> and Please Rod no. Don't do that. <laughs> I was just doing mouth sounds into the microphone just to make everyone comfortable. Yeah. Because everyone loves me. mouth sounds. Is what I, I really, I've learned. I really hate them. I know you do. Um, I hear it's a gene. Really? It's on my 23andMe. Is like there's a... Mouth You're a little gene. bit more, more likely than average to be bothered by the sounds of chewing. Oh, being bothered by it versus making mouth sounds. Yes, I'm sure that there's a genetic component to making them as well, which is like related to thickness of your mucus. <laughs> what, you don't think mucus thickness is hereditary? Um, I think probably mucus thickness has something genetic. Your hydratability? 
Sure. Um, the the thing I was questioning was is the is the correlation or cause and effect uh, mouth sounds and mucus thickness or like mouth sounds yes. and like an, a, a need to kind of make a sound with your mouth or like an unawareness that you're doing it. Like I think there are psychological oh, sure. components would, of mouth uh, sounds. Big, sure. Yeah. Not um, just physiological. Okay. Like it's linked to autism. <laughs> sure. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> would I say that making mouth sounds is linked to autism? Probably not. I don't think I would say that. I don't think I'd go out on that limb. That limb going to break. Okay. Maybe I misunderstand autism. I'm. Uh, it's one of those things that I'm afraid to talk about because I, I believe that it's like grossly misunderstood. It is some, grossly misunderstood, which we're demonstrating right now. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah. in order to become right about anything, you got to be willing to be wrong about it. So I'm going to go out on a limb for us. Absolutely. You guys sure. are welcome to be mad at me and yeah. write in. Yeah. Um, I don't um, think that's... Uh, you, don't, you don't want me to do it. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just going to say, um, I don't think that even if there was some kind of link discovered between those two things, mm -hmm. it's not like the primary trait. Like if someone was like, what is autism? <laughs> I don't think that mouth sounds would be in, in, the, in my answer at all. <laughs> <laughs> What's autism? You know how sometimes you're eating... <laughs> In and out with somebody, and they just nom, nom, nom. yeah, <laughs> that yeah. person has autism. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. That's the foolproof diagnosis. A test I've heard for uh -huh. uh, determining if a kid has autism yeah. is doing a little puppet show where one character comes in and hides and uh, puts something in the room, like a let's a, a wallet under okay. a, a bucket. Uh -huh. Okay, and then another character comes in and moves the wallet into a drawer. And then um, the first character comes back and then you ask them, like, where are they going to look for the wallet? And if the child has autism, oh. they think they're going to look in the drawer because that's where it is. It's, it's like a it's lack, a lack of, of a theory of mind of like, a um, theory of mind. yeah, maybe empathy, empathy. of uh, no, putting yourself in another person's right, situation right. and um, seeing things from their perspective. Yeah. So that's a real thing that you know. It sounds that's, right. That's it something out. that I've heard. I haven't okay. done those tests myself, but I've. <laughs> you haven't conducted a <laughs> lengthy <laughs> double blind <laughs> study of this? Definitely not. Um, yeah. That could be Only outdated by now or something, but it, it meshes with my understanding of yeah. uh, the condition. Um, so then I'm extrapolating that uh, you may not be able to imagine another person's reaction to the mouth noises that you're making when you're chewing uh, and how that might bother a person. Okay. Wow, you really brought it back around in a way that I think was pretty satisfying. And, so and is there a passable. genetic component to mouth noise? And I believe, well, men are much more diagnosed with autism, but I, I've heard that mm -hmm. it just uh, manifests differently in women. And there's still a lot. Or we social don't know. conditioning of women, too, yeah. can kind of often mask it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we've covered the topic of autism diagnosis beyond what we should have even, but beyond the scope of what we should be trying to do on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not uncomfortable. It's just that I wonder what our listeners are thinking in this very moment. Um, what did I come here for? Could I diagnose <laughs> autism? <laughs> Why are they trying to diagnose <laughs> autism? I'm not trying to diagnose anybody. Right, right. But if you make a lot of noise when you chew, I don't know. You're making connections. Maybe talk Using to that third eye. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, we got here because we're the dinner podcast. Right. Right. It was just a joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're doing that with your oh, family. Oh, the whole thing is just a joke. If you're yeah. doing that with your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Time to reevaluate. Like, do you need that background yeah. noise 
now when you're all together? Yeah. I think this is the second time we've advised people not to listen to this podcast. <laughs> like if you're listening to it to fill a void in your life, just stop. And like most often right. I feel like I am when mm-hmm. I'm listening to a podcast, whether I'm like aware of it or not. Okay. So when you know you're trying to fill a void and you can bring yourself to stop, what do you do next? Fill it with something else. No, I don't know. Um, look at the Maybe. void. You know, what? What? why am I uncomfortable with the fact that there's a void? It's okay to have a void. You know, trying to feel into like, okay, what's this all about? And have a tone of, you know, empathy and compassion. And oh, wow, I'm pos- unconditional positive regard no matter what's happened. It's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that whole spiel. Um, yeah, you, I don't know. You know that expression, the call of the void? Yes. Yes, you taught me this. Oh, I did? I think so, because I told it to someone else recently, and I was like, I don't know how I heard of this. Nothing's more satisfying to me than uh, for for the call of the The French phrase. It's like, uh, fuck, uh, I'm going to look it up, because it's You're going to get on your phone right now? Oh, I'm going to look it up on my phone right now. How rude. Why Why don't you tell me about it? Well, I was about to say that nothing's more satisfying to me than seeing somebody re-explain something with enthusiasm, something that I explained to them to a third party. When like you teach yes. somebody a game, they're like, oh, this game is so cool. Check it out. Here's how it goes. And then they're using like <laughs> the same phrases that I use for them. And I'm like, oh, I made such a, I, I've changed this person. L'appel du vide. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I've never heard that in my life. What's that mean? Call of the void. L'appel du vide. Yeah, I guess appel means name. Yes. Or like call something. And and the name vide. of David. David. <laughs> No, no, no. Du, du is the is the article. Oh, okay. The void. D-E. Vide. Like D-E. Uh, I think it's D-U. D-U. I already don't. Okay. I already want this, to be putting okay. this down because like texts are okay. coming in. Yeah, and get like, out of there. Pay attention to this. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so my, glad you told me what it was in French. <laughs> Le pel du vide. I get to pretend like I've done a single thing okay. in French. Um, anyway, I... My grandmother used to complain all the time about how she would be like at the dinner table at her retirement home and literally like turn to the person next to her and like tell them something. And then five minutes later, they would tell the rest of the table as if and just be like, you know, I don't I don't remember where I heard this. But, you know, and she's just like looking at them like, mm, oh, yeah, you don't remember where you heard it. Um, but now her memory is total shit. So it's like, you know, karma, I guess. I don't know. I love my grandmother to death. I've I've had that experience. I guess it does matter on context because I've had that experience with uh, joke repeaters. Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, um, I'll tell the story. I don't think that it, anybody's going to be mad about it. Do um, it, do it. My best friend in eighth grade English was uh, Jamie, and uh, yeah, yeah. we were doing this story about the three little pigs going off to their uncle Oscar Myers for the satire <laughs> unit, and the teacher was like, "So there's a hidden." Um, Meaning here, like, what do we know as the audience is about to happen to the three little piggies that are so excited to go to Uncle Oscar Myers? Oh, no. I whispered to Jamie, they're about to get sodomized. And then he says it to the whole class, they're going to get sodomized. And then she's like, Jamie. <laughs> he says immediately, I, I don't know what that means. Robert said it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I whispered it to you. <laughs> Why would you uh, repeat it if you didn't know? Like, he yeah. evaluated that it was funny enough to say right. without knowing what it means. I think it was... Him just trusting you implicitly. Oh. You know what I mean? Man, this has become a much more beautiful story than than it was originally colored. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. Or um, Mm. the other thing that happens along these lines that I always find really interesting is 
when you're with someone who's retelling a story that you were there for the original event and you see the places where they either internalized it differently or are telling it, you know what I mean? They, they either, the information either came to them differently than it came to you or they have, their memory of it has somehow been colored or they're trying to change some detail or fudge something in the retelling based on the party. And those gaps in the accounts fascinate me. And you can't say anything because also you realize your perspective is probably flawed. But you're like, well, I'm pretty sure I like remember it going this way or I don't think whatever was that big or, you know, mm-hmm. like you didn't say it that way or, you know, like I just find that to be like such a funny experience to have. Yes. Where you find the ways that this person has puffed up different details mm-hmm. or puffed down other details and you're like what is happening there (laughs) it's a way of learning their perspective right seeing the same objective material and then observing the differences between your subjective retellings about it yeah i'm reading this book bird by bird and the Uh author it's about writing and Uh the process of it and the author was like in high school i wasn't very popular but then people started to pay attention to me and like hearing me retell things that happened even and especially things that they were there for. They yeah. wanted me to like tell the story of what it was yeah. because of the details that she'd select and like her little commentary that yeah. she'd throw in. And she's like, that's when uh, that encouraged me and pushed me in this direction of like, just write about things that happened to me. And it doesn't have to be any special creative thing. It's just like, as it comes to me, right? that's something other people value. And like trusting that whatever your voice is, mm-hmm. is going to be different than the way that someone else would mm-hmm. do it. And so you don't have to like try necessarily to like pile on a bunch of stuff that you think that is going to make it better and yes. that someone else is going to rather hear it this way. You just drop as many filters as you can mm-hmm. and just tell it, get it out, you know, in a way that feels natural and easy for you. Yes. Um, what's this drunk and whites, uh, the elements of style. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. say that like style is what happens when you stop trying to dress things up in a voice or yeah. talk a certain way. That's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. I, I always so have to remind myself. So what you're saying is be yeah. yourself. <laughs> I guess I am. Yeah. <laughs> There's this uh, thing that comes to me every once in a while. It's like one of those repeated uh, yeah. realizations is that other people are different than me. Like oh, the, my God. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> just like me not trying to do anything interesting is some is interesting to some people be, just because it's different than the way that things go in their head. Totally. And the way that other people are exotic to me, I am similarly exotic to them. Right. And like in a moment for me when I'm thinking like, oh, I have to like try really hard to like be a certain way or even if that's not happening on a conscious level, but sort of trying to curate myself. I'm imagining something that probably isn't there about that other person's, you know, subjective experience Mm -hmm. and trying to bring it to them in a different way or, you know, and all of that effort is also filtered through my own subjective experience. (laughs) And so it's just completely like made of dust. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, in the storytelling vein, also, I think it's interesting how you like often you kind of get what a person's style is like in your friend group or whatever. And so 
if there's a group and there's a certain story and you know it will be like well highlighted because like Rob tells it in a way that's like he'll capture the minutest of details and that will make that story really shine. Like mm-hmm. you go to that person for that or you know that like this other person in your group will always like, you know, tell it like deadpan and each person has that kind of like niche yeah. um, that, that probably they, they're not. Yeah, they're not even necessarily trying or putting on. Um, and you kind of, you develop a, a sense of like trusting that person to deliver it in a way that's like uniquely them and not because it's forced, but because it's like, yeah, that's like the essence of who this person is in this, you know, certain avenue. Yes. I love that. This makes me want to do more creative writing assignments me with too. friends. Yeah. Do you want to give each other a creative writing assignment Ooh. when we're done recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really don't do. Let, don't let these fuckers in on it. It's just you and me, okay? <laughs> well, I got a secret. <laughs> <laughs> my, my eyes twitching all over the place. <laughs> no. um, great. So I kind of feel like we have been talking about stuff that's actually like super relevant to the question that oh, I pulled good. for give today. Give me the question. I don't know. So remember. we ready for that? Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, let me grab my phone and pull it up. Do it. Okay. So the question today comes from Reddit user Ineffable, Mm -hmm. I-N-E-F-A-B-L-E, which really makes me think, are they saying ineffable? Ooh, but within- Because one F. I-N-E? I-N-E-1-F-A-B. Probably not in a fable if it's in E fable. No, 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 no. Definitely not. But yeah. like, whatever. I don't know. I was just trying to like put a creative spin on it. I think it's more like unfuckable, ineffable. <laughs> um, Maybe it's a put down. So anyway, it's ineffable yeah. underscore. All right. Um, the topic is going alone to a concert. There mm. will be a concert this Sunday, which I was really looking forward to for months already. I bought two tickets, one for a friend and one for myself. Well, things happened. And if I still want to go, I'll have to go by myself dot, dot, dot. Would you do that? I am still looking forward to it. But on the other hand, dot, dot, dot. I'm sad about the whole situation and I don't know if I should go. Feels pathetic. I miss her. We've been talking about this for so long and I bought the tickets for us, convinced that things would be fine and that I could surprise her with this concert. So Ineffable is asking, um, you know, would you go to the concert uh, on your own? Um, and I think is processing some of, uh, the emotions around that being sad, uh, about this, the, the sort of tone of the situation, the circumstances of having to go alone, because it, it means it it indicates that there's a problem with this friendship, um, because, you know, this person's feeling the void that that it was supposed to be this thing they were going to do together. Um, and then that feeling pathetic kind of. I think speaks to the experience of, you know, is it appropriate to go do something alone or does that seem pathetic or does that feel pathetic um, to me? And so, yeah, and they're also processing like missing their friend. So I think all of that. It's just two things to me. Okay, whatever. It's 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 asking about <laughs> what to do with the concert and what to do with the friend. Sure. Right. I think that they're separate issues now. Uh, initially they were one and there's now a split. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I would categorize it as, yeah, what to do as far as going, do I go to the concert? Yeah. Um, and then how do I, how do I 
deal with the emotions of the situation overall. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's start with the concert. How about that's yeah. more concrete, more immediate The friend. You have more time. Whereas the concert is this Sunday. Right. Um, so we're going to get this out to them in time for them to hear it and hopefully <laughs> yeah. Yeah. get back to us about whether they went to the show and how, yeah. well they do. um, I think you go to the concert if you can a let go of your attachment to the original, uh, intention for the night and B come up with a new one that you can get excited about. So I've been to concerts alone sometimes because I couldn't find anyone to go with me or sometimes because someone bailed on me and have had a great time. Every time that I went to a concert alone, I had a good time. There've been other times that I thought I'd go alone and then didn't feel like I wanted to be around people that night by myself. And so I just didn't go. Um, have you gone to concerts by yourself, Morgan? I have. And I have also had a, a spectrum of experiences with it. I think overall really positive. Yeah. Um, a few years ago when I was living in New York, um, like Manhattan, I I went to a concert alone on my birthday. It was like my birthday gift to myself. Mm -hmm. And I was so fucking excited about it. It was a band I was really into. It was Purity Ring. Um, and I like knew all the songs and all the words. And I was just so excited to like enjoy and appreciate the music like on my own terms and not feel like I was roping a friend in that wouldn't connect to the music as much. They wouldn't be as familiar with it. I felt like I had, there's always a part of me that feels like I have to worry about, is this person enjoying the experience? Um, and then that actually kind of lessens my own enjoyment of mm -hmm. me and the connection with the right. band, honestly. Um, and I think that like, that could kind of matter too. I mean, is it a, is it a giant concert where you're in like a big stadium or is it more like, you know, intimate where you're kind of closer to the band and you're standing in a sea of people? Cause that can kind of change like how lonely or isolated you feel. Um, but yeah, so other times though, uh, I went to a concert that I booked for myself by myself. Um, you booked the show. I mean, I bought the ticket okay. again, just for myself. There was no expectation <laughs> right. that anyone was going to come with me. Um, and I was just not in a great space emotionally. And so I didn't enjoy it that much, but it didn't have really much to do with the fact that I was alone. Mm -hmm. um, it was just kind of the headspace I was in, which I think speaks to your point about if you can actively decide that, you know, it's got, it's not going to be what I expected because this friend isn't coming with me, but like, it's still going to be something positive. You're going to have a different experience than if you go into it thinking, well, this is just going to blow. Um, and then I've also had experiences of going to a concert with a friend where I did just that, where it was a, an artist I liked and I brought them there and I was, it did really negatively impact my experience of the show. Cause I was like, I felt like weirdly responsible mm -hmm. for like the the artist representing what I liked so much mm -hmm. about their music um, and that I was somehow letting this friend down if that wasn't the case. Um, and so that can really put a fog kind of over it for me. Um, and then there have been other times when I booked a concert to go by myself and just didn't go and then you know, <laughs> so I get bailing on yourself. You're saying you're booking these shows makes me think that you're reaching out to the agents. <laughs> like, how does Tuesday the 26th work for you guys? 
<laughs> as if I'm the be all end all yeah. VIP guest. The booker. Um, what I mean I is, I buy the ticket. Yeah, I got for it. Myself. I got it. I see. How I put it in my own calendar. I understand how you're misusing the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle. Thanks, Rob. Um, yeah, and so I feel like I've had a a spectrum of experiences like this, um, and so I don't think that there is necessarily a right or wrong answer. Um, oh, I do. I think I'm th- ready with the advice. I think that you should go ultimately. Uh, Morgan if you can. will hold space for you to do whatever, <laughs> whenever, however, and I'm going to tell you. <laughs> whatever, wherever. Um, Was that Shakira? Yeah, Shakira. I've never seen her in concert. I bet that's fun though. Yeah, she's probably really good. Um, she's super talented. Those but- trustworthy hips of hers. Yeah. <laughs> Very forthcoming. <So> trustworthy. <laughs> um, and. But yeah, I don't think there is a definitively right or wrong answer. Like if you, I think that you should try as time elapses, uh, you know, getting to Sunday, try to play with, okay, what would it feel like to go to this concert? How can I take advantage of this opportunity I afforded myself and try to go and try to enjoy it? Mm -hmm. But if the day comes and you're really just feeling like, man, fuck, I can't work my way around this and I'm going to be in a funk and it's going to be like totally shitty. I mean, you know, of course we can sometimes box ourselves into thinking that way, but you know, I think you have the license to do ultimately what's the best decision for you. Um, but I think there are a lot of ways where you can get yourself into a pretty good headspace and feel comfortable being alone. Um, I am an only child. And so I am used to doing so many things by myself. Um, and I often am so comfortable in just my own company, um, even when it feels lonely um, or pathetic or, you know, any of those emotional Mm -hmm. responses that you're having. Um, But yeah, I would dig a little deeper into like, what would be the problem for you if, if you went alone and it felt weird, you know, what, what, um, what are you hoping to avoid? Why is that such an uncomfortable feeling for you? Um, I mean, obviously it brings to light, the predicament that you're in with your friend, it, yeah. it, you know, reminds you of that. Um, but I wonder in what way would this be sort of an expanding and fun and enjoyable experience, even though it's not what you had planned. Here's how I want you to reframe it. You're not going alone because the artist that you love so much is going too. And this is now a chance for you to connect more with them because you're not distracted yeah. by the other people there. Um, yeah. It's also an opportunity to meet other people who share some value of yours and uh, they might not be lasting friendships. I haven't made a lasting friendship at any of these three concerts that I can think of that I've gone to solo, but um, I did have a great time. One thing that really helped me once was I went to a Brock Hampton concert uh, in December of 2017 mm-hmm. and um, they had just released three mixtapes that year saturation one two and three and i brought a notepad and a pen and i polled people before the show started of (laughs) which was their favorite of the three mixtapes and um then i like had a running tally and people were interested in what were other people's responses um and it was like people asked if i was a journalist (laughs) no just just, a guy with a pad just interested (laughs) yeah but i could have been that that moment if i wanted to be if i wanted to assume that you know yes i'm an aspiring journalist as of an hour ago or something yeah i'm gonna write a piece on this and post it on my facebook or whatever um but that helped me to have like a new game to play uh rather than the connect with a friend i was always going to this one alone i think nobody 
my yeah. age was yeah. into them. It's like a, yeah. very popular amongst people about 10 years younger than me. Um, but that was really yeah. helpful. And um, showing up without a ticket. Sorry, I just. What'd you do? I just kicked my water bottle over. Oh. How rude. I thought That's putting okay. it down on the floor would be like a That's surefire a, way to not dangerous. fuck it up. And. I've ruined everything now. See, that's why you got a hard water bottle. <laughs> Let me tell you about my soft water bottle. It's like a ninja. <laughs> All right. No, let's not get too distracted. Um, yeah. um, procuring or getting rid of a ticket is a way to meet people. If you like having somebody there that you can talk to or stand next to or whatever, um, a great way to do that is you now have an extra ticket to get rid of. There are always people trying to buy tickets or get rid of tickets in the line. Um, so you can sell it to that person and be like... Uh, here, you can walk in with me to prove that it's legit. Like, you don't have to pay me until they've scanned it. And then you can chat with that person. If you want to make friends, a concert is often a good place to do that because you already have something in common. You like this band. Um, yeah. Um, something that I was thinking of while you were talking, mm -hmm. um, you know, alongside of listening dutifully <laughs> and good. kicking my water bottle I don't over. ever listen to shit you say. I know. You never do. And I feel it now. <laughs> um a lot of the time I'm not, though. More than I'm comfortable with in general with all people. Not okay, so then that's something that we can both work on out, off mic. I'm saying it so that other people uh, feel like, oh, good, I'm that way too. I assume oh. everybody doesn't listen as much as they think that they should and catches themselves drifting in their heads. No mm. one pays perfect attention. Um, given the career path I've chosen, I often You're pay much very better. close oh, attention. Okay. Um, <laughs> my work depends on it, but, um, anyway, um, why don't you, as an experiment, so what were you thinking about? Uh, so here's what I was after thinking. you say that. Yeah. So I was thinking, yeah. um, as an experiment, uh, between now and Sunday, yeah. why don't you try doing something a little low stakes alone? Like go to a Ooh. movie by yourself and see how that feels. Um, see if that's something that you can work up to doing and, you know, give yourself sort of a practice run of like, what comes up for me? Does this feel pathetic? Is it okay? Because there's something, you know, I'm, a show is being put on and I can focus on that. And I'm not as, uh, you know, preoccupied with the fact that no one's next to me, or I'm not sharing actively the experience with someone. See what that feels like, or, you know, do, mm -hmm. do something that gives you a sense of like, okay, what might it be like to try this? And was it okay? How did I feel? Um, because then you avoid potentially deciding to go to the concert alone and then having a really unexpectedly negative experience or, you know, something like that. It kind of gives you a way to test out those skills and get your feet wet with being in public, enjoying a spectacle alone. I don't like this advice. I, really? I'm, I'm glad that it's out there for them if they want to take it. But uh, that to me just sounds like too much doing shit by yourself all of a sudden in a week. And like, by the time you get to the concert, it's like, oh, I already saw the Ugly Dolls movie by myself. Now I'm going to go see Purity Ring by myself. Uh, it's probably not them, but it's just a band right. on my mind since you said that. Right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree that you should be able to disagree with my advice, but Good. I... I want to re-agree with myself that <laughs> okay. I, I like that advice. But again, sure I am do. someone that I've declared here my biased opinion of yeah. someone who does do things alone and loves doing things alone. I mean, um, there are definitely times where I feel, like you said, like sometimes it's like, okay, too much alone time, um, where you really feel that void of I'm not feeling that connected to people because I've been doing so mm -hmm. many things alone. Okay, so in that spirit, maybe the advice is, 
do a bunch of shit with other people, get exhausted with socializing, and then be excited to go to the concert alone. Um, you know, if that's if that's an avenue that feels better to you, um, I don't know. I'm still pitching the uh, viewpoint that you're not alone if you love the band that they're totally. there. Totally. And they yeah. might not know you, but you know them, and that's something familiar. And you'll probably have, feel more of a connection with the band because you don't have somebody else to color the night for you. Mm -hmm. Favorite concert that I've ever been to, I think, is uh, seeing Kanye West at uh, Grand Park for the um, Made in America Fest in L.A. It was I saw John Mayer and then him, and I was like, wow, I like John Mayer so much more than I remembered and I like John I'm Mayer. so into yeah. Kanye West. I'm out here by myself, wow. stood around for like four hours before. <laughs> and I got so into it. I was just like so inspired and, and in awe of what he does and just remembered like, oh, wow, I have all these attachments to memories of when this song came out, what I was doing in middle school, high school, college. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think you'll get more of that by going alone. If you really like the band, if it's something you weren't that excited about seeing, but you like know one or two of their songs, then maybe you skip it unless you're just yeah. looking to practice like talking to strangers, then you can make a game out of that. But yeah, I think it, if you see it, if you can come to a place where you see it as, you know, you kind of mourn your connection to this evening as an opportunity to connect with this specific friend, mm -hmm. you know, be sad about that, feel those feelings of missing her and, you know, feeling upset about the, the way that the relationship has changed you know, let yourself be in that space for a little while. And then kind of like we talked about earlier in the podcast, like emotionally switching gears and getting to your, if you can get yourself to a place where you're like excited to connect with the music mm -hmm. and to have that be your primary connection instead of this, uh, a connection with that friend, yeah. you know, then that might be a way of still feeling like it's a worthwhile experience for you to have. Yes. Um, and I think that, I would also like to kind of pose the question to you, yeah. Rob, of Rob. how, yeah, to you, Rob, you're Rob. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Rob? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Rob. Um, Rob, is it right? Um, Please don't say my name again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally feel you. I hate when people say my name, but. Um, I like it. Just that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You have reached your quote on that. Yeah. Um, what advice or, you know, what would you say on the topic in general of people being afraid to do things alone and like the stigma of that and kind of people have for so long equated being alone with like loneliness mm -hmm. and it's bred this like fear around being alone and filling our time and space with um, companionship, which of course is wonderful. Um, I'm too often on the other side of the spectrum where I default to being alone and, and need connection sometimes and don't provide that for myself. But I think for a lot of people, it's the opposite. Um, what do you think about that idea? The, the people who are fearing being alone, um, how can they step into that more? How can we get more comfortable with that idea societally? Um, what do you think? Um, the best preparation for any activity that makes me socially anxious. Are you talking about being truly alone, like going camping by yourself where there's not going to be other people there or going to a place where there are a lot of people that you don't know? So you're, uh, you're amongst strangers and most mm. of them have friends, like going to a party where you wouldn't know anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that because that's part, more yeah, analogous like to this situation. Yeah. 
Uh, what's helped me a lot is taking a cold shower beforehand. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm serious. Cold showers are just your blanket advice for everything. <sighs> you just let's talk about cold. The, let's do the it. The contrast to okay, it, I see anxiety or nervousness and socially mm-hmm. s- social nerves or discomfort as like this kind of just never fully realized churning feeling in your belly of discomfort. Mm. You know, it's never like too, too bad, but it also like, it makes you second guess every like, oh, maybe I should go stand with those people or I could say this thing. No, the window's passed. I've thought about it too long. Just that like unrest or like tension. I I call that like being in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, When you take a cold shower, it's, like it intensifies those feelings and it's like, Oh God, the threat is here. It's real. I feel all of my, my alarm systems going off of like, this is really uncomfortable. This is intense. It brings you to acute physical discomfort. Yeah. You, you get to really feel it instead of having it just like kind of churning in the background. Um, and then when you dry off from that, you get like this warming happening from inside of your body that like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I can warm myself. Mm -hmm. I can, like uh hand i can self-moderate um and that feels great when you dry off and warm up from that i feel much more relaxed it's kind of like a progressive muscle relaxation you know how like if you really tense make strong fists and then slowly release them your hands feel much looser yeah it's like that i think for your whole body and and emotions i have so rob has been pitching cold showers fervently for as, as long as we've been close and I hate being cold and I hate cold water. And so the idea has never particularly appealed to me. I think this is the first time you've framed it in a way where I'm actually like, huh, I see how that would be useful for me. And I see, uh, I, I could see myself doing it because I understand potentially what the benefit would be in and it would out potentially mm-hmm. outweigh the cost of that that momentary discomfort in that particular way. Cool. Yeah. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah. That that I love that sense of like I can warm myself from the inside because mm-hmm. so often we rely on other people to show us that we're warm or you know that that outside in thing versus inside out. And I think that having the ability to cultivate something inside and grow it and and watch yourself like you said uh self-moderate is so important and gives you mm-hmm. a sense of uh, thermal regulate i learned i remembered the words thermal regulate yeah. um it, it gives you a small window into i have power over my domain mm-hmm. and like what else can i achieve or how what else can i successfully impact yeah it's cool um you know Marie Kondo's uh, life-changing magic of tidying up. Sure, fucking do. She has a little mini chapter in there about would you like to water to meditate under a rushing waterfall? Somebody takes her to a waterfall that's like really cold and, and like heavy pressure of water, and talking about like controlling your breath and your thoughts under that intense mm. stream of cold water, um, and how how invigorating and uh, alivening that is. Mm. So that was a positive. Experience. Yeah, she she likes it. Part. Okay. She recommends it because it uh, like, somehow it <laughs> relates to <laughs> getting rid of throwing all your shit in a bag and taking it to Goodwill. Because <laughs> that's definitely she what she's preaching. She's like really she indiscriminately throw all of your shit in a bag and take it to Goodwill. 
Uh, no, you hold everything and you you thank yeah. it and you ask it if it's still sparking for you. And if it's not, you throw it away instead of giving it to your little sister and just making her deal with it. That's yeah, that I was quite a synthesizing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I'd like to go back to okay. the, that's a topic I absolutely love. There was a phase of my life where I wanted to be a personal organizer, like a yeah. professional organizer. Um, so we'll go back there at some point, okay. but I feel like we sort of, uh, downloaded on a tool to, uh, kind of focus your energy and, and dissolve that, that ambient anxiety. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back to generally the, personal and societal sort of expectation that we shouldn't do things alone. Like what does it mean about us that we're showing up at this party alone or um, that loneliness within a crowd kind of phenomenon. Mm -hmm. I want to just be there a little longer. Well, it can be uncomfortable to not have anybody to, uh, tell your experience as it's happening to when you're experiencing a lot of new things, that, yeah. you know, a new social environment, a new physical environment, like having no one to comment on that funny looking gargoyle in the corner <laughs> of, you know, are you talking about a person or a decoration? <laughs> decoration. Jeez. Okay. I don't call people gargoyles. Come on, Morgan. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> um, the moral depravity of that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Um, so that can be uncomfortable. I think that America is a pretty individualistic um, culture relatively mm -hmm. and that like people in Thailand would have a much harder time going to a concert by themselves from my observations there <laughs> from my field work. <laughs> I didn't realize you did field work in Thailand. I did. I did a lot of observing. Yeah. The Thai culture. Yeah, and then and what nuggets did you cultivate? Um, people like work with their friends more, and there's less of a division between socializing and work time. Um, in Thailand, really? Yeah, in Thailand. So, like, have you been to Thailand? I've been there. Oh, okay. I spent like a month there. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Like you'd wait for your waiter to come over your table for like 10, 15 minutes. And they're just chatting with their friends, like watching a soccer game and uh. service in general. It's just, it's slower and people are kind of hanging out. Not yeah. like right on it because, oh, like there's a customer. It's, um, yeah. People do more things with their friends. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, that's an interesting way of, like an interesting lens through which to see this particular thing. So we may already be like pushed in the direction globally, like in America towards doing things. Globally or in America? Um, relative to the rest of the globe, our culture may be one of the more individualistic Sorry. leaning. Yeah. Um, right, right. So what was your original question about? Well, I just think that there is sort of still, even though that's the case, I yeah. still think there is sort of a stigma about, going somewhere alone. Like there's this implicit oh, yeah. assumption People that say it's sad when you, you see somebody eating at a restaurant alone. Right. And like, you must not have had anyone to go with rather yeah. than this is something I'm electing to do. Um, cause the other, like the other trend that I think is related to this and is harmful is that we then struggle to be alone and we can't, 
when we have a discomfort with just being with ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, either either in a social situation with other people around or just like at home by yourself, needing to fill that space with distraction, I, I think that can be really problematic, having to rely on like external stimulation in order to feel okay, like an unwillingness to kind of, or an inability to kind of just be with yourself and to always need that influx of stimulation. I think there's a harmfulness to that. And I think they're related. I think going somewhere social alone means you have an opening to meet somebody else, especially if they're alone, Mm -hmm. but you can often meet people who are uh, in a group of people or in a duo Mm -hmm. um, as well. Like, you know, that expression, the empty space is what gives a room its utility to bring this back to yeah. like a Marie Kondo organization. <laughs> well, the yeah. the empty seat across from you at your it's table potential. at the Denny's is like, yeah, is the potential to make a new Denny's friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, no, nobody's alone anymore because we all have our phones. And the second that you are not looking at another person, you're looking at your phone. So yeah. That complicates things. Um, if you want to meet other people, it's best to not be on your phone. Uh, I'll approach people at the bar and be like, hey, what's going on on your phone? Anything interesting <laughs> when I see them sitting in the corner looking at their phone? Yeah. And um, they're usually like, oh, I'm on Grindr looking at porn or whatever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> usually they say they're on Grindr looking at porn. Yeah, yeah. Or one or the other. It's usually those two. <laughs> Or they just say nothing or Instagram. Where have you been doing this field work? <laughs> Thailand. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I just, I kind of wanted to like zoom out and yeah. see what commentary we had on the topic in general. But um, is there anything else specifically that you want to say to Ineffable about their issue of of going to this concert alone? Should they go? How should they feel about it? What can they do to... Um, feel better in the meantime or in the duration of the concert? Is there anything else that you would want um, Ineffable to hear? Um, go if you can let go of your original uh, dream yeah. of going with your friend and yeah. you're not going to be missing them the whole time instead. And if you can make give yourself a new intention of either connecting with other people there or just connecting with the artist. Um, and if you can fr- reframe it like that, and you can have a, a good time and you should go and you should enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic synopsis. Um, and the other the other thing that I think. What to do we about just, the friend. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The, the layer beneath that, the less time sensitive feature of the problem. Things came up and now they can't go or now they're not coming. Right. It was cryptic. The explanation. Yeah, things happen. Things happen. Quote unquote. Okay. So. I, I would think that they had a falling out of some kind, mm-hmm. some kind of argument. Um, and so, yeah, I think that with the concert, you want to strip away that, you know, t- take that out of the equation as much as you can. Um, but then when you get home from the concert and once that whole decision has been, you know, is in your past, dealing with the next mountain, which mm-hmm. is what do I want to do about this friendship? I would say... um uh, take a bunch of pictures of yourself having fun at the concert and tag your friend <laughs> that wasn't there. And what's that going to achieve? It's not going to achieve. It's going to make them feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will take this moment to say I don't endorse <laughs> that advice. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was joking. 
Um, wasn't good advice. That <laughs> oh. was intentionally bad advice. Yeah. I was just, I'm just having fun out here. <laughs> Freewheeling. <laughs> I loosened up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That third eye has yeah. really mm-hmm. opened up throughout the course of this combo. Oh, yeah. Have you twitched? Yeah. A couple times? Still happening. Still happening right now? No, but in general, you know, it's happened in the last 15 minutes. So it's happening in quotes. Okay. Things happen. Um, <laughs> Things happen. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, obviously we we don't have very many details on on what happened with this friend. Um, you know, but you 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 miss them. And yeah. so it, it's something to think about of, you know, do you want to kind of is there is there even room to move back into the friendship? Um, do you want to move back into the friendship? Um, perhaps for now, giving yourself some time and space to just process that you went through this rough patch and that you're having emotions about it. And then seeing if, you know, once some time has elapsed, maybe there's space for, to reconnect. Um, but I think, I think good advice would be to focus on yourself. Um, maybe deepening your curiosity about some some different things that like hobbies or you know different facets of your own personality that maybe you haven't explored just to kind of ground into you know what is my value mm-hmm. um as a person what is my value as a friend and what's your friend's value to you what's your friend's value to you yeah yeah, yeah. if are the things that initially made you friends with them still true and some of those things can get replaced by mm-hmm. other values and Shared experiences, just memories that are only accessible because of your friendship with that person. Yeah. Um, and but you're allowed to move on from friends or, totally. or drift. Like, this doesn't have to be a binary. Like, a lot of people treat the romantic relationships of it's on or off with the friendship. You know, you could be going through a phase where you want to be going to more concerts right now and they don't. And, <laughs> and that's the chief disagreement. Hey, well, yeah. Or just like they have a new kid and they're so upset by all the loud noises and staying up late that they don't want to stay up late and have loud noises when they have a night off. Like all of a sudden their priorities change and their relaxation time looks like the opposite of a concert, like a quiet afternoon at the library. And you have different priorities because you work at a library and every day, all day is quiet (laughs) and just shushing people that you want to get loud for a night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think this is also a good time to reflect on what are your other friendships like? Mm -hmm. What do they bring you? And what are the ways that you want to uh, use the time and space and emotional energy that you now have to focus on investing in those relationships? Um, but I know that it, it can be really hard when, when someone who, you know, I don't know how close you were with this friend, but when someone who you confided in and shared experiences with and, and were at this intimate, vulnerable level with, when that shifts and you kind of have to find a new place to take that side of yourself um that can be really sad and really confusing if you Um, don't have other friends that support you like that or that you feel like you could do do these types of activities you want to do with well one thing you have in common with everybody at the concert is that they were willing to go to that concert so maybe your new friends are waiting to be found there yeah if you can go a little early stay a little late <laughs> Do a little pregame, postgame. What are your expectations? How did, how are your expectations met or exceeded or otherwise defied? Make sure you bring a you notebook know, for all this your information. Own voice. <laughs> you, know, you don't need to talk like me, like freaking yeah. weirdo, but <laughs> <laughs> you can use your own <laughs> style of speech. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, because as we, I, my stomach did a weird thing. I'm so sorry. Ah, I'm unacceptable as a human. Um, but uh, we learned today that style comes from the removal of those extra oh, yes, filters. Yes. Um, Thank you. Strong. Rather than something that we put on yeah. as like a show for yeah. other people. Um, and so this is potentially an opportunity to define for yourself. What is your style? Is your style someone who goes to concerts alone? Or is your style someone who, um, you know, that feels a little uncomfortable right now. And I'd rather uh, spend time connecting with another friend or, you know, investing in a different relationship. And that's the space mm-hmm. you need to be in. Um, have some have some fucking you time and and sit down and reflect on that. Yeah. Uh, and but definitely don't push away the negative feelings that you're having, like because yeah, that feeling that you're having of missing her and feeling pathetic and feeling sad or lonely or whatever it is, that's okay. That's yeah. there. Those are natural, um, you know, outcroppings of a change mm-hmm. on that very you know intimate emotional level. So give yourself the time and space to feel that, and then you know rebrand, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Cool beans. All right, guys. All right, guys. You ready for the outro? Well, I mean, I think we should every episode reiterate, um, Hmm. you know, send us your calls for advice if you have any. How do you do Um, that? Oh, well, Rob. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to say your name again if enough time had passed. Um, You can just send those right over to freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. That's freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. No issue too big. No issue too small. Nothing too esoteric or complicated. We fucking got you unless we decide it's not appropriate for the podcast. Write in in the next 20 minutes (laughs) and we will send you a customized emoticon. Totally. And, uh, you know, as always, if you are new to the podcast or you've been listening for a while and you like what you hear, give us a little fucking, you know, back scratch digitally. Yeah. Write us a review. Scratch do something else. Back. Scratch my digital back. Get those fingernails <laughs> deep in there. Let us know what you're thinking. Mm. Let us know if you like what's going on. Click my mouse. <laughs> Double tap. Yeah. Do all that shit. Whatever you're supposed to do with a podcast, just fucking do it. Listen to it and then do the rest of the things. <laughs> I don't know. Self-promotion uh, is a big strength of mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob seems tired of my shit. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Sleep tight. <laughs> that always feels so inauthentic to say in the middle of the afternoon. Keep those bed bugs at bay. <laughs> um, and if you want to email us about your dreams, don't, because that's a polarizing topic. But I like reading about people's dreams. As the monster under your bed reaches for your wrist, swat his hand away. <laughs> Go away, big scary monster. But, 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 I wanted to get you. <laughs> Not today, monster. How else am I supposed to get you if I can't grab you by the wrist while you're on the edge of sleep? <laughs> I'm a little hungry down here. Can you get me a snack? Come on, feed me your pet mouse. You don't need a pet mouse anymore. You're too old for that shit. Yeah, or maybe like your big toe. You don't really need that to balance or nothing. You don't need it. Okay, you, well, I guess you do. I, I, I've been Googling it since I last said that thing about the big toe. You do need yeah, it. I've got a phone down here. Uh, got, of course I got a phone. What do you think? I'm doing it all day. Just meditating. I can't meditate for more than like 20 minutes. Listen, hey, hey, give me one of your middle toes, okay? Just a, a middle toe. It's gonna just, that gap is just going to blend right in. It, it'll be cute like Madonna's teeth or something. <laughs> the gap, the old gap toe. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen her in years. I just spent my phone time on.
lot of young pop stars. Like Ariana Grande. Selena Gomez. <laughs> Billie Eilish. I love female pop vocalists. Ooh, it just when you when you hear a fresh new sound when Lloyd hit the scene a couple years back, <laughs> we'll never be royals. <laughs> oh man, that did something to me. It was like well, just a breathy breath of fresh air. Real right, breathy. right up in my monster fur. It just oh. tickled it in a way I haven't felt in years. It's like you, sometimes you can just tell someone's from an island in, in <laughs> the Pacific. <laughs> like when Rihanna came out, she was doing a good thing oh, too. Oh yeah, with, with the umbrella. Yeah, I don't experience a lot of rain. I kind of have a natural <laughs> umbrella, which is your bed. Your mattress is kind of an umbrella for me, and I want to thank you for that. Uh, and I assume you have a roof over that. You don't sleep outside, but there's internal rain whenever you pee. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, gets mostly th- <laughs> soaked up, though, from the bed frame and the mattress. You don't pee that much. So it's going to soak all the way through and drip on me. So, I've had a lot of time to think about this yeah, shit. It's not a particularly relatable song asking for an <laughs> umbrella, because I've never been without an umbrella. But uh, the sound of her voice... Ella, Ella, eh, eh, eh. Ooh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Shame about what happened with that Chris Brown fella. <laughs> he seemed like a real monster. Maybe it that's me like hiding it. under your bed. Maybe I'm Chris Brown. Yeah, it's too bad that he gets on such catchy production and he's got such a sweet voice. There's a lot of dissonance created by that, you know? Yeah, we're supposed to just forget about what he did to Rihanna, yeah, but I, I remember... It's like my ears don't know, and when my foot starts tapping, it doesn't know. But my heart knows, and I feel gross about it. My stomach knows. Yeah, I hear you. So anyway, I'm going to get you. Uh, <laughs> leave that wrist dangling over the edge, and I'm just going to grab it. I'm going to suckle on your fingertips. Yeah, and I'm going to be a real thing that comes back to haunt you during the day. Yeah, you're going to be thinking about me daytime. during that meeting. Yeah, now you didn't get any sleep because I was there. Yeah. I did that. It's my fault. I'm a bad, bad boy. Bad. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I see this as like, we played the outro music five minutes ago. <laughs> we never going. faded out. <laughs> we just, the song stopped and this continues. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, Love to see how it plays. That's how I want to do it. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. What do you guys think? Doesn't matter. Bye. <laughs>